It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants. I'm Ed Valentine, along with co-host Pat Trana, and this is the the first Tuesday of of the 2018 regular season, and uh, we have lots to talk about today. Patty, uh, finally, regular football. Yes, yes, about time. I'm so excited. Yes, it is. It is regular season. We are in regular season mode, finally. And uh, what we thought we would do today, Giants fans, something that we will try to do on a more uh, more consistent basis throughout the season, is we're going to do a Twitter Tuesday. Uh, we spent yesterday and, and part of, of today collecting questions you know, from, from you guys, and we will go through those, try to answer as, as many as we can. And Patty Jacksonville Jaguars this week not an easy way for the Giants to start you know just a just a quick comment you know before before we get into questions yeah we'll probably break this game down a little later in the week but uh you know it, it's going to be a good test for the Giants you know so far I think they've had a good summer you know um you know the roster isn't perfect they're still tweaking it but I think everything is headed in the right direction and it's going to be time to take the bubble wrap off, so to speak, and, and see what they've got. All right, Patty, let's, uh, let's get to, uh, let's get to some of our, some of our questions today. And, uh, the first question comes from giant dreamer asks our opinions on these free agents for the giants, which is a good question considering what you just talked about with the roster still being in development. Uh, dreamer asks about Jonathan Hankins, Bashad Breland, Eric Reed, and Des Bryant. Um, right off the bat, I will say with Jonathan Hankins, I think he's more of a four-three. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, four-three defensive tackle. And I would say at this point, let's move on from guys that were here in the past. I mean, there's a reason why they haven't been brought back. There's also a reason why Jonathan Hankins is still out there. Um, could be due to money, could be due to physical condition, could be due to a lot of things. And I'm sure the Giants have looked into him and, you know, made a decision, you know, that that he's not in the plans. Des Bryant, going to cost too much. I mean, this team doesn't have cap space. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to put this. It's very frustrating. It's like they need a certain amount of money 
to get through the, the, the regular season because if guys get injured, they're going to have to resign. They're going to have to sign other guys. So why would you spend needlessly, you know, unless you absolutely had to? And then the other thing is, is if you signed Des Bryant, whose who's, who's pass targets are you taking away? Evan Ingram, Beckham, uh, Shepard, Barkley? I mean, come on. I, I don't think they need Des Bryant. Um, Eric Reed, um, I really don't know what the story is with him. Why, what, you know, if his protests are the reasons why he's been kept out of the league or what's going on there. Um, a good safety, but again, I, I don't know what the cost would be. Is, is, it, is it a guy who, you know, would make a good addition cost wise? Is he a free safety? I think he's a free safety, right? He's not a strong safety. I he? believe so. I okay. Believe he's a free so safety. If, if they have a guy, you know, again, they have Michael Thomas who can play both free safety and strong safety. They have Curtis Riley. And, and, and if you notice in the preseason, um, and I think I've mentioned this before, they t- opposing teams didn't really test the free safety that much. So I think they're going to probably wait and see what they have there before they decide to make any kind of changes, if they make any kind of changes. And who was the other one I'm missing, Ed? Uh, Bashad Breland. He's a receiver, right? Defensive back. Defensive back, I'm sorry. Um, that one I don't have enough information on, so I'm not going to really comment on that. Um, the only thing I would say again is is that you know they just picked up a bunch of guys off of waivers, um, and I believe according to NFL rules, they have to give those guys about a four-week trial. So I, I would think for the time being they're set at that position but that is uh, that that's uh, subject to change. Patty, the only thing I will add is, you know, thank God you agree with me on Jonathan Hankins and Des Bryant. You know, let's let's move on from Jonathan Hankins, please. I mean, he hasn't been a giant for two or three years now, and people are still pining for him every time he comes available on the free agent wire, you know. There's a reason why he keeps he keeps coming available. Maybe he's not as good as he is in the memories of Giants fans. Des Bryant, good Lord, let's not go there. Um, you know, the, the, the only one that interests me at all out of this group is Eric Reed, and, and I think we know that there are political reasons, whether you agree with them, disagree with them, you know, whatever you think of all of that. I think there are political reasons why Eric Reed you know, doesn't have a job yet. I think he could help a lot of teams around the NFL, the Giants included. But uh, but I think that uh, that at this point, at least, you know, politics and, and that climate is is uh, I hate to say it is is trumping his ability to get a job. Uh, Patty, let's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, it good, took good pun there. <laughs> it, it took you a second, didn't it? All right, let's let's move on to our second question. This one comes from Kelly Fisher, who says, I saw the Giants picked up one offensive lineman on waivers. Do you think they will be looking to add more depth? Uh, Patty, go ahead with that one. I do. Um, I, I have to believe that they, they can't be happy with, with the swing tackle situation. I mean, um, they had to put somebody on the roster, but I, I'm not sure that Dave, that uh, Chad Wheeler um, w- was was their first preference. Now he had been with them, so they knew what they had in him. But I, at, at the same time, I think 
if they have an opportunity to upgrade that spot, they will. Um, I don't know who they might add. I know they have a, a guy coming in as part of a workout today, but um, I do think that they're going to keep their eyes open. Listen, you know, when it comes to the roster in general, I mean, Dave Gettleman has said it before. It's a 12-month process. It never stops. That's what the workout today is about. The Giants will have a workout, you know, pretty much every Tuesday, just like every other NFL team does, you know, during the season. They'll constantly be looking at guys, constantly be looking for upgrades on the practice squad, on the back end of the roster. So, you know, I, I wrote at Big Blue View today, let's not freak out every time we hear a recognizable name that works out for the Giants. This is what NFL teams do. They work players out constantly throughout the year for occasions when they do have a need. As for the the offensive line itself, I absolutely agree with you, Patty. We have said this multiple times. I think that the Giants have to continue to look for a swing tackle a veteran guy. We've hit that point in the seat in the in the year where, you know, and you talk about the cap all the time. If they sign a guy this week, you know, then he winds up. Uh, they wind up having to guarantee his salary for the entire season. You know, more likely, I think you're looking at a signing after week one where that money isn't guaranteed. But but I fully I fully believe that at some point the Giants have to add a swing tackle. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you hope that Nate Solder and Eric Flowers will make it through a 16 game season. But the reality is that it just doesn't happen. I mean, there are going to be injuries and, you know, you have to have a plan in place. We saw last year what happened when that line got wrecked by injuries and the, you know, the quality of play just went down the toilet and, and you, you got, you know, you're not going to solve every hole on your roster in these next couple of weeks, but you, you owe it to yourself to try. And I think that that's exactly what they're, what they're doing. Agreed, Patty. Let's go on to our next question, which comes from Kyle Garvey and Kyle wants to know how much control do coaches and I assume Kyle means assistant coaches typically have over their rosters for example was James Betcher involved in deciding which guys to place waiver claims on who I'm not sure exactly how they do it I can I know in the past it was a collaborative effort but the general manager had the final say uh, that was how it was done in the past. I don't know necessarily how it was done this time, but with that said, I go back to something that Dave Gettleman said when he spoke to the media, and he said that, you know, every day I ask myself, have I given Pat what he needs to win? So that, to me, would suggest that he does value the input from the coaches, because after all, the coaches uh, are the are the ones that are working with these players every day. So, you know, and, and especially if you consider, unfortunately, that Dave Gettleman hasn't been around the team as much due to his cancer treatments, um, even more so important for him to rely on the input from the coaching staff. So, I, again, I don't know exactly how the how the split was or how the process worked under this this current regime but i have to believe that yes the coaches had had a enough of a say in in who stayed and who went patty i would agree with that i think that 
you know, the general manager is the one with the final decision. I would think, though, you know, that he has to get input from the coaching staff because he has to know what kind of players, you know, that that uh, that the defensive coordinator wants, what kind of players that, that Pat Shermer wants on offense. Um, you know, the reality of it is these coaches, they don't have time to sit around and, and, and watch film, you know, of, of all of the, the players that are available on the waiver wire. They may know some of these guys from past experiences with them, um, which is why, you know, they, they may say, hey, you know, we could use help at corner or we could use help at, at at safety or whatever. You know, can you get me somebody? But that is the general manager's job. And I do think there has to be some collaboration because if there's not any collaboration, then you wind up with players that don't fit what the coaching staff wants. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, we, we saw signs of that in pa- in the past. I, I think you and I have spoken about this before. We've said that there were times that it looked like, you know, Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin just weren't on the same page regarding what type of players uh, they wanted on the team. And if you don't have that buy-in with the GM and the head coach, if they're not working in, in harmony then, then you're going to get a mess on your hands. And, and, you know, again, there has to be some sort of structure in place. There has to be a hierarchy. But a good manager will listen to those who report to him. And I think that is what Gettleman is taking as far as his approach goes. And, you know, we might not agree with all the moves that have been made, but, uh, you know, they're certainly uh, been interesting. Yes, they have, Patty. Let's let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we will answer you know more of our uh, of our Twitter Tuesday questions. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Giants fans. Ed Valentine and Pat Trena here uh, talking Giants on the, the newest edition of Lockdown Giants. We're in the middle of a Twitter Tuesday going through uh, as many of your questions as we can get to today. So, uh, Patty, let's let's get back to business and let's get to our next question. And uh, I'm, I'm going to warn you because here we go. We knew that we, 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 we knew, had to know we were going to get one of these questions. And HKB wants to know, Of course, we get the Davis Webb question. Explain how a career backup, meaning, of course, Alex Tanney, is a better option for the Giants than Davis Webb. I'm going to give you the floor on this one, Patty, and and see where we go with this answer. You're backing down off of this. Well, you want you 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 want you want me to take it first, Patty. No, I'll take no, it no. first because I, I, I can I, do I that. Actually, I have a pretty actually, strong. No, oh, go ahead. I'm busting on you. I, I have some thoughts. Okay, first off. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I think I understand what they've done here. 
And what I think they have done here is they look at Tanny and they say, okay, yes, he has only been in one NFL game. Okay, he's only thrown 14 NFL passes, but if I'm not mistaken, he's been around the league for, what, seven years now? Since 2012. Okay, since 2012. So he's been around. He's been in NFL camps. And Pat Shermer said in his press conference on Monday that he likes having a veteran with experience on the roster. All right, so... Now, even though Tanny doesn't have, you know, oodles of experience, he has been around, he's been on different systems, he's run scout teams, he's done basically more than Davis Webb has at this point in their respective careers. So when, when, when Shermer said that, it kind of said, okay, look, they just drafted Lawletta, so they're not going to get rid of him. He said he likes a backup, having an experienced backup on his team. So that, you know, kind of ruled out Davis Webb in the process. So, you know, again, I don't necessarily agree that Davis Webb should have been jettisoned. I mean, you, you spent all that time developing him this spring, and it just seems like, you know, you threw that all away. But it, it just sounds to me like, you know, they are going to keep their options open at quarterback. You know, maybe it's going to be Tanny. Maybe they're going to sign another guy. I know Matt McGloin is coming in for a work workout today. It was reported. Um, but, you know, it's that backup veteran preference that I think Shermer likes, it, which is the reason why we, we got the bombshell that we did, you know, over the weekend. Patty, what I'll say about this is something that I've written at Big Blue View and that I've said on Twitter this decision was not between Davis Webb and Alex Tanney. I'm sorry. You can look at Alex Tanney and wonder why he's on the roster, but Pat Shermer told you he likes to have at least one backup quarterback with some experience. And as you said, you know, his experience has been because he's been in meeting rooms. He understands NFL offenses. He knows how this works. And, you know, he can offer Eli Manning, you know, some some value. He can offer Kyle Lawletta some value. You know, whether they move on from Tanny and go to Matt McGloin or someone else, it would be the same type of situation. This decision was about Davis Webb versus Kyle Lawletta. The and and we can all say, okay, well, Jerry Reese drafted Davis Webb and the and Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer drafted Kyle Lawletta, and that part is true. What it comes down to, in my view, in my belief, is that Pat Shermer looks at the skill set of the two young quarterbacks and believes that Kyle Lawletta's skill set is more in line with what he wants you know, from a quarterback long term. He talked about the decision making. You know, he adamantly said the other night in his post-game press conference that he believes Lawletta has enough arm strength you know, that his 8-for-19 was due as much to the play of the receivers as it was to uh, to anything that he did wrong. Um, and whether you buy that or not, he seems to believe that Lawletta is the quarterback he wants to work with. The other thing he said was, that, that was interesting to me, was he said a veteran backup like Alex Tanney can play in a game without a lot of, without a lot of reps. And that indicates to me that during practices during the season, that whether he's number two or number three, 
Kyle Lollett is going to get a significant number of the scout team reps. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you want to get him ready. You have to get him ready because, you know, all it's going to take is one snap and, and, you know, Eli Manning could go down. I mean, and, and look, let's be realistic. If that were to happen, God forbid, the Giants season's over. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves here. But with, you know, but with that said, I, I think you're right, Ed. I think, you know, Pat Shermer has said right from the get-go um, that arm strength of a quarterback is not number one on his list of what he looks for. He looks for decision making. He looks for, you know, leadership, huddle presence, and I think arm strength is number four or five down on the list. So while while a lot of us were were, were you know cooing over Davis Webb making these gorgeous throws and everything like that, you know, what we should have been looking at is, you know, how were his decisions? Was he taking unnecessary gambles? Was he not making the right decisions? You know, that's what we should have been looking at. And, you know, I, I, I think you, you pointed out before, um, Shermer, every time speaking about Kyle Lalletta, just he, he drooled. You know, he talked about the kid's decision-making ability. He talked about, you know, just how 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 veteran-like he was in the pocket and everything like that. And you can just kind of see, I mean, if you go back, and I know this is being a Monday morning quarterback and everything, but the handwriting was kind of on the wall and the, the clues were all there. And I think the reason why so many of us missed it is because, you know, we're going through year one with Shermer and with Gettleman. So we're kind of learning how their philosophies are and how they apply them. And, and you know, it's, it's a learning experience. Everything that we knew you know, under Ben McAdoo, Tom Coughlin, Jerry Reese, that's all out the window. This is a brand new regime that is doing things their way, and it's sometimes it's the unconventional way. You know, Patty, I think you're absolutely right there. We got fooled largely by the fact that when you look at, quote-unquote, first team, second team, third team, whatever, Davis Webb, you know, was working, you know, throughout OTAs and throughout the summer with the second team. Kyle Lawletta, you know, and, and Alex Tanney were working with the third team. I mean, that's the same with some of the other guys who made the roster. The undrafted free agents, Sean Chandler, Tay, uh, Tay Davis, um, Evan Brown. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, worked with the third group. Um uh, so what we learned, you know, when Pat Shermer told us there's no depth chart behind Eli Manning, you know, we looked and we said, well, there's obviously a depth chart because Davis Webb is taking all of the second team reps. And I think what we learned is when when the man says there's no depth chart, there's no depth chart. Yeah, you know, again, I go back to Shermer's introductory press conference and how he said, I'll try to answer your questions as best as I can, but there are going to be times when I can't tell you everything, and there are going to be times when I say things and you're probably not going to believe me or they won't make sense. And we're seeing one of those times right now. I mean, all along, he told us there was no depth chart behind Eli. And, you know, we chose to say, oh, there's no way. There's got to be a depth chart. You know, we maybe some of us believe that the the document that the Giants put out, the unofficial depth chart or or the flip card that we get in the press box. I don't know. But, you know, I, I think we have to listen a little bit more um, carefully now when Shermer speaks because there are there are hints that he offers and 
you know, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel foolish for, for you know, having ignored those hints. Well, I think that, uh, as you said, Patty, we all are learning, you know, Pat Shermer a little bit. And I just go back to, I, I, I go back to, you know, the, I, I didn't see, you know, the, the, uh, the release of Davis Webb coming. But subsequently, since it happened, I keep going back to sitting in Shermer's press conference Thursday night after the final preseason game against the Patriots and, you know, having had the opportunity to sit and listen to him answer a couple of questions about Kyle Lalletta and walking out of the room thinking, you know, I don't care what this kid's numbers are and what his playing time has been. This head coach really likes Kyle Lalletta. And, and it, it, it should have dawned on me at that point, you know, that that uh, that there was a possibility that something interesting was going to happen at the quarterback position. Hey, Ed, we can sit here and we can we can say I should have seen this coming. I should have done this. The fact is, is we didn't. And, you know, it's a learning experience. And uh, hopefully moving forward, like I said, we'll be a little bit more in tune to what he says and how he says it. And just trying to reconcile what happens with with on the field with what's said, and you know maybe now we'll be a little bit more. Uh, in, I don't want to say in tune. That's probably not the right word, but a little bit more, um, I guess, accurate with our guesses. The, the last thing I want to say, Patty, is at this point, you know, I keep looking at my Twitter timeline and the comments at Big Blue View, and, and what I want to say is, can we please move on? Yeah, when push comes to shove, this is still a backup quarterback decision. It, it's not, you know, it, as you said earlier, if Eli Manning gets hurt, it doesn't matter if it was going to be Webb or Lalletta or Tanny or McGloin or, or whoever. If Eli Manning gets hurt, the Giants aren't going to the playoffs, you know, and, and that's that. So can we please move on, you know, and get to the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, and worry about Eli and, and Saquon and Odell? and Jalen Ramsey. I agree. I mean, and, and that'll happen. I think on Wednesday, you know, the Giants will start their prep for Jacksonville. Um, I think hopefully the questions will start to come about Jacksonville. I know I have a few that I'd like to ask of the coach and the players, if I can get them in uh, about Jacksonville and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what, what ends up happening. Obviously, you know, we're just two people in the crowd of, 20 plus that show up for these Wednesday and Thursday conferences and we'll just kind of see how it goes. You mean we're not we're not the most important ones, Patty? Well, I, it depends on who you listen to. I, I'm sure your mom would say you're important and I'm sure my mom would, but I don't think their opinions count. Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, yeah. Patty, we spent a good bit of time on the Davis Webb question. So let's do this. Let's take one more quick break. We have a sponsor this week. That's my bookie. So let's uh, let's quickly hear from my bookie. Then we'll come back and take a few more questions. You know, Giants fans, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually that involves what team to bet on each week. Truth is, we don't know who's going to win the games. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. My bookie is your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. 
lay down some cash and win big today. At my bookie, you win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for fantasy football players, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join my bookie now and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Patty, let's uh, let's take a few more questions uh, before we call it a show for today. Uh, let's see what we have here. Um, John Spielman wants to know: with all of the new players added to the roster. You know, just a week before the uh, the season starts, you know, we know the Giants claimed six players off of waivers. How will this affect the cohesiveness of the team? Ooh, that's a very good question. I like that question. Thank you, John. Um, I think there's two aspects we got to look at here. The first one is the locker room culture. I think that's where we've got to start. And the Giants just announced six uh, season-long captains. And what was interesting about the makeup of those captains is you have three guys, Landon Collins, Eli Manning, and Zach Diossi, who have been with the team um, in the past. And then you have three other captains, Michael Thomas, Alec Ogletree, and Nate Solder, who are newcomers. So that's a real good mix, I think. And I think those guys, with their different personalities, are going to to be right there on the welcome wagon to help get these these guys that were just added acclimated to the locker room culture as quickly as possible. As far as the football aspect of it, I think what happens is when a player gets picked up off waivers after missing the OTAs, after missing a team's training camp, at that point it's not so much about going back and, and, and trying to get caught up on everything you miss. It's more or less about learning the game plan in your specific uh, role for for that uh, particular week because you know you, you know I once had a player tell me who was picked off waivers that you know he learned the game plan but a lot of what he was learning didn't actually start to make sense until he went through the OTAs and and the off-season program and training camp the year after so 
but with that said, he was still able to function and do the job that was asked of him. So I think that's how they're going to approach acclimating these new guys that are brought in. Look, Patty, you know, when I look at this, the Giants claimed six players. Now that they had the second waiver priority and we all know, you know, claiming six players is unusual. Teams usually don't do that. I mean, unless, of course, you're in a situation like the Giants are, where they were 3-13 and 13 a year ago, and, and quite obviously, you know, Dave Gettleman looked at the roster and he said, you know, some of these guys, we just need to upgrade. It's not necessarily about, you know, week one against Jacksonville. It's about making this roster better, you know, for the for the entirety of the 2018 season. And the other thing that I look at is, you know, look at the six guys that, that they let go. None of those guys got claimed on waivers. None of those guys as of now, unless something's happened in the last few minutes while we've been recording, none of those guys, as far as I know, are on a 53-man roster anywhere. I think that Robert Thomas, the backup defensive tackle, is the only one who has a job. No, uh, I, Andrew Adams, I think, got a job too. Uh, Philly. Yeah. I didn't see that. When did that might have happened? That yeah, might, that happened the other day. So yeah, I didn't see that. But uh, but you know, regard. So even if even if that's the case with Andrew Adams, you know, the reality of it is most of these guys that the Giants have been getting rid of aren't finding work, at least not quickly. And, and that tells you, you know, that, that the league generally agrees with the Giants that their roster needed some upgrades. Uh, you know, because we, we talk about the fact that it takes depth to win. It takes more than, you know, a handful of star players. It takes the whole the whole roster. And it's about making that roster as strong as you can make it for the entire season, not just for week one. Absolutely. You know, and, and again, you said it earlier in the show, roster building is a year-round process. You're going to have changes. But I think what the Giants have done is they have uh, they put in a uh, a good foundation. You know, they cleaned out the culture from last year that that started to deteriorate. They have a solid foundation in place now, and they're going to look to build upon it. And I think they have the right guys in that locker room. Um, and it's funny, Ed, because yesterday as I, I was walking around and catching up with guys that I didn't get a chance to talk with over the summer, I came away thinking to myself, my gosh, this is a much easier going locker room a friendlier locker room and a more professional locker room than it was last year. And I don't mean to insult anybody who was on the team last year, but it just seemed like guys were last year were afraid to talk. They were, you know, they, they looked at the media like, uh, it's you versus me. And it, it just seems like this year, you know, all the things that Pat Shermer has, has preached about being professional, being respectful, understanding that other people have jobs to do, you know, and not being, you know, jerks about it. Um, I think that has taken root. And, and, and it was just, it was very, you know, I, it's just something I noticed. I, I might be the only one. I don't know. But uh, it, it was very reassuring. Patty, the only thing I'll say about that is that, you know, I wasn't there Monday but in all of the times that I have been around this team, I have no idea if they're going to go four and twelve this year, or if they're going to go eleven and five, or if they're going to go eight and eight, or or whatever. I have no idea. But when you're around this team, you can tell 
that this team is in a much better place than it was a year ago in terms of how it's run, in terms of the attitude, in terms of the environment. This team is just, it just has a much better feel about it. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. I think, you know, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on last year, but I kind of got the the, the impression that guys believe their press clippings and they weren't really in touch with reality. And then when reality came up and bit them, you know, it was a hard pill to swallow. This year, you know, the ex- there's high expectations, don't get me wrong, but I don't think you will hear anybody talking Super Bowl, you know, even though that is the goal. You don't hear anybody sticking out or, or see anybody sticking out his chest saying, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl, you know, the heck with the other 31 NFL teams. They know that they have to take it one week at a time. Jacksonville is up first. They know Jacksonville is a tough team. This is a team that went to the playoffs last year. A very, very good defense, you know, a, a, a solid offense. And, you know, they, they're, you can hear the respect as opposed to maybe, you know, in the past when they kind of said they respected guys, but you kind of got the impression that they, that, that maybe some guys weren't as sincere with their, you know, words as others. Patty, let's take uh, let's take one more question today, and, and I'm going to apologize to, to those of our listeners who sent in questions that, that we haven't gotten to. But let's take one more question before we wrap it up for the day. Um, and since we, uh, since we ventured into uh, talking about the Jaguars a little bit, uh, MegaGiants89 wants to know, and this is one of the key questions for Sunday, as we look uh, as we look ahead to that game, wants to know simply: Will Olivier Vernon play this Sunday? Uh, we're going to start with an e- or end with an easy one. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a very good question. Um, my gut feeling is that he will not, and I am basing that on a couple of things. Number one, he has not been out on the practice field recently and that includes monday and pat Shermer, when he was asked about him he said look he's inside he's getting treatment you know but you know we'll see he he to me the tone of the voice didn't sound very optimistic now with that said today is tuesday there's still wednesday thursday friday and saturday to go four days i have to believe that olivier vernon is getting aggressive treatment on that ankle injury I have to believe that. I mean, I, if anybody tells me he's not, I, I, I'm not going to believe you. Um, so with that said, there's always a chance that he will be ready. But now here's the thing. I think if he's not out on the field by Friday practicing, then it's probably going to be a safe bet to say that he will not be ready. Because here's the other thing. You don't want to rush the guy back. And make the injury worse. And if you remember last year, you know, when he first suffered that ankle injury uh, that ultimately cost him four games, he tried to come back for the Tampa Bay game, which I believe was week four at that time. And he ended up having to leave. And he made that injury worse. And I think he missed, uh, what was it, two or three games after that. It might have been four. All right. So you have to be smart. Yes, you would like him on the field. Yes, he probably wants to play. I mean, I'd be stunned if he if he's sitting there saying, oh, I'll take the week off. It's fine. But, you know, will he? My guess is my guess is we won't see him this week. 
You know, Patty, you're probably right. I mean, my question is really if he doesn't play and even if he's limited, which it seems like he probably will be, you know, my question is where's the pass rush going to come from? I don't know. We might have to have you suit up and go generate it. I don't know if that's going to help much, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Giants fans, uh, we thank you for your questions. We'll try to do this uh, each and every week. Uh, and, uh, with that said, you know, we will, uh, we will talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye now. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.